Hey, this is Tom Winkler, creator of Whack Your Boss and Duty Man, and you're listening to The Dave and Steve Show. Previously on The Dave and Steve Show. You're the contractor! Do what you think is best and tell me how much it's going to cost because I'm not a contractor. I don't know. I don't know what I'm <laughs> right. supposed to do with a lamp cover. Like, just fix it. And I got to hand it to you. You were right when it came to you saying that we had kind of overestimated your maybe how much you might be kind of packing the crotch area there. Yeah. Tracy joins back into the call. And the the best way I can describe it is Tracy now looks like he's coming to us from inside a jar filled with urine. Uh, the other part is that uh, there's my other USB port has some liver damage and I'm just a little jaundice. <laughs> yeah, it's like a vitamin deficiency or something. It could be. So what happens is Dave actually saw me actually probably what would have been blushing had I not had this jaundice camera. <laughs> so it probably turned like magenta or something. But so anyway, that's what Tra that's Tracy's dancing wife gave him jaundice. But this is like the time you guys promised me that I could use the Dave and Steve show uh, studio bathroom. Shut up, Tracy. Was... I always get excited <clears throat> when I hear time capsule because my brain immediately goes to time machine. And I think somebody just stumbled into a, an old house and found a way to, to portal through time. And then it yeah. just turns out it's a bunch of old junk in a tube. If we're going to hear about it, I don't know if it's going to be through Tracy's headlines that we hear about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Old junk in a tube. That's pretty much what you get from me. I just <laughs> picture Steve walking in with a big fat briefcase and saying, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, uh, setting it down, opening the briefcase, and then starting to take out jars of different dressings and place them out rather than documents. <laughs> Gently closing the briefcase and saying, shall we begin? And why, so, why do I uh, feel like you make your own peppercorn ranch dressing? Yeah, well, I, I, of course, I do. Yeah, I. What, what am I? What am I, I left swear, with? I swear to God, Tracy, <laughs> you are, you are one decision away from being Amish. <laughs> you, you are so, so damn close. It's incredible. What anymore is I supposed to do? I've got a, I've got a pair of jeans that I never wear. I, ne I, I typically nine. I, I almost said nine. I almost nine said, days out of seven. I almost said nine days out of the week. Such an idiot. Show number 93 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave. Sitting right alongside me, a mere 27 miles away is Steve. You almost didn't have 93, did you? <laughs> and from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. Nothing calms me down from an angry fit quite like the previously on. Uh, off and running on show number 93. First out of the gate, Steve. Tracy no longer looks like he's in a jar of urine. What do you think? Yeah, that, that's very right. He looks um, he looks like more something out of the Gilded Age. That's Yes. That's right. He's got sconces around him and and exactly. gold frames around maps and everything. He exactly. actually that map doesn't look accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it looks it looks almost accurate. It looks like pseudo accurate. I'll tell you what. Tracy looks like the guy uh, who works on the crew for Downton Abbey, who's in charge of just checking the lights before they begin the shot. He. <laughs> he he comes yeah, in with them. The yeah. it, it is a significant wow. kind of mood lighting. It looks like uh, some like a '80s era, like a religious television show. Yeah, kind of with the of. with the gold um, 
uh, frames and things like that. So I think that's uh, right out of the uh, Paul and Jan Crouch era of TBN. I think that's the that's the set I'm going for. It's I think both calming and um, and uh, disturbing at the same time. <laughs> yes, it's it's a very weird feeling to have to watch it. Know you're disturbed, but like be like totally at peace with it. <laughs> so as I said, this is show 93. If you have, if you are listening to this right now and you haven't listened to show 92, listen. I don't blow blow a lot of smoke up people's asses when it comes to this show. If we if we have a terrible show, these guys will even they'll attest to this. If we have a terrible show, I I will after the show absolutely say that was not a very good show. We did not have a good show. Or when we start the next show after a mediocre show, I'll say like, hey. Last time wasn't great. Let's try and pick it up this time. Like I, I'm so I'm not the type of person to say everything that we put on tape is amazing. I will yeah. say, oh, you'll go ahead. Us, you'll give us 45 minutes with our hands behind our backs against the wall, um, telling us all like point by point all the shit we did wrong, yeah, um, all the things that we could have done better, um, and and you make no bones about it. And it and it it's 45 minutes at the end, and then 45 minutes before the next show. He reminds us of the same thing. It's it, he he is a quality hound, people. Yep. And the the last thing I always say just before the show goes on is now put your pants back on and let's go. Uh so uh, what I will say is show 92 was one of our be- I would put I would honestly put that in probably our top easily our top 5 since we returned and probably top 10 of all time. So if you have not listened to show 92, given what I just said about the fact that I'm not going to oversell you on something that's not very good, take my advice go back and listen to it it is insane and you have to listen to it if for nothing else than to play along with cherry red or midnight blue the game uh, we're doing for, that again for, for, that, was, that turned out really really good yeah i got a lot of uh listener feedback uh, on that and it was uh it was uh, it was quite amazing that uh people were uh, arguing about how well they did i am pretty shocked that nobody has picked up on the on the nobody well i mean i i'm sure there's a few that we just haven't heard from but the the people we have heard from i'm i most of them are pretty intelligent people and it surprises me that they were not able to crack the code of Mm. cherry red or midnight blue so we would steve to your point we will have to play again just to make sure they get a chance to kind of pick up on it yeah i i agree you you two started to really i mean you were really we we had it dialed in yeah pretty yeah. pretty good yeah by the end and it's uh now to, to be honest with you this entire week i've looked at everything through that cherry red midnight blue lens well yeah once you've once you understand it you can't unsee it in the world right it's everywhere you look so did, did anything switch like did you look at one thing early in the week and say that's cherry red and then like later in the week it surprised you wow that you know what it really is midnight blue yeah and it didn't change I changed. Yeah, that's what and, I was going to uh, say. Is it, right. it, it was more about yeah. things that I've always just seen and said, that's cherry red until we played that game and I understood how it worked. And then I went, oh, no, that's midnight blue. I was wrong all this time. So, and it, yeah. of course, it went both ways. But. Yeah, it's uh, the, you never surprise. I'm I'm always surprised how how um, influential an artist's father can be. Yeah. Not just to that artist, but to the world. And I feel changed yeah. by it. So yeah, like Dan Fogelberg's leader of the band. I mean, you, you listen to that whole thing and you're and, and it's all about his dad, and you just you just you're openly weeping because he gave Dan Fogelberg all of this talent. Who the hell is Dan Fogelberg? 
Yeah, he makes me cry for different reasons. I, for a moment, so. I thought I, I, my, I thought John Fogarty, and then I realized that was the wrong. I was thinking and, John Fogarty. Who's run for the roses? Um, oh, um, the same old Lang Syne, um, the uh, the almost Christmas song about the guy that bumps into his uh, old lover at the grocery store. Um, is this on your Bonanza Christmas album? Because <laughs> no, I think it, it is. But it's, it's on my Twisted Christmas list in Spotify, though. So. Um, he also did uh, leader of the band. He he did a lot of um, what uh, really. What's that director that directs all those movies? Like he had the one about the foxes that was all with like puppets or or stuff. Wes Anderson. Yeah, this feels like this feels like the soundtrack to every Wes Anderson movie. This feels like what I'm listening to here. It's not. Okay. I'm a fan of both, and they are they. They don't meet anywhere. They they don't meet. No. Okay. No. If Wes Anderson uses a Dan Fogelberg song. I I. I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I wonder what Lou Graham's father would say about that, if they would be able to meet, I wonder. Oh, he'd say Dan Fogelberg was midnight blue. Oh, clearly. <laughs> yeah. I, so I wanted to ask you guys, I I need a temperature check. You know, I, was, I always come to you for temperature checks on certain decisions that I have to make in life. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk to you. We're going to keep this brief because I know this can get boring for some people, but I still want to talk about it. There... With the with the sport of lacrosse, the way that it works, just like a lot of things, soccer or anything else, there are the regular leagues that play at the regular times every season, just like a soccer team or anything else. And then they have select teams and the select teams play during the off seasons. And they're usually there's a tryout involved. Usually there's some kind of small amount of money for the tryout at fee itself. You go and try out if you get selected onto the team, then you join the team and typically those are club-based, meaning it's not a part of a school, so it's not funded through the school. So normally there's some kind of fee associated with it. So with that out of the way, let me just say this. The summer lacrosse season is 45 days. Okay, everybody keep that in mind. So a month and a half, it runs from about mid-June to end of July, or maybe it's first of June to mid-July. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Summer league. So lacrosse, okay? We all know the sport. Got to do a no. little... Gotta, you- that is that is incorrect. I mean, I, I mean, that. all I mean is I, mean, I know it when I see it. That's what I mean. You've you've seen the guys I, with the sticks or the girls with the sticks. You know, you know uh, roughly what the sport is. Pointed out on a flashcard. That's about what I can do. So, for forty-five days, four tournaments, and effectively four-ish weeks of practice, what would you guys say would be your max price that you would pay? for a summer league for your kid in my case my 14 year old kid so a 14 year old kid steve what's your max price that you would pay for that already not that um it's i i max price i'd pay i'd probably pay 250 maybe 300 dollars if he gets to keep the jersey okay so 300 that's fine 300 dollars. tracy how about you Max price four hundred. Okay, four hundred. Okay, so let's actual let's, retail price. Yeah, let's break this down a little bit because I did the math. I, I I went through. Listen, I went through and found the cheapest airfares because most of the tournaments you have to go through are are, are to are out of state. Because turns out a lot of people in the area don't play lacrosse. Interesting. So I went through. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. It's seventeen hundred dollars for the mm-hmm. league just by itself with nothing else. And guess what? That does not include the jersey or the socks. Ah, or the socks. Oh, so, the socks. So you got to pay. You, you, go f- yourself. You got to pay. <laughs> you got to pay two hundred dollars 
for two jerseys, some socks. I'm going to have to bleep that F word and the shorts. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So it's 17 plus the two. So then, then you start to do the fuzzy math around. I was, you know, I start going on the airlines websites, looking for plane tickets, seeing how much hotels would be in the area. I got a Colorado tournament, a Utah tournament, a Lake Tahoe tournament, and a Bend, Oregon tournament. All said and done, all in. If we cut corners and we don't all four, meaning all four of my family members go to this, if it's just one adult, my son going, we're looking at about ten grand in total. Total See, investment. I'm putting him on a plane by himself. <laughs> and I'm just saying, just play hard. Well, that's the problem and is most of these places like like Lake Tahoe or the one that's in uh, Utah, they're nowhere near an airport. You have to drive several hours after you get off the plane to get. So he doesn't, he, he, unless he's going to hitch a ride. But the point of all this is like, I said no. And I feel like such a dick to my kid because he busted his ass. He practiced. He trained. He works out three times a week. He runs on the treadmill three times a week. Like he is trying really hard to be good at this sport. And I'm just like, there's no way. There's no way in hell. Cause if we all four go, it's more like 15 grand in total. And I'm like, we're not, yeah. we're not doing this for a month and a half. Um, so lay that out. Like he, he's got regular, he's got regular season stuff that he does. And he, and he's, and he's really, really good at it. What, what is the end game goal for this to get a full ride scholarship um, for lacrosse to a, to a good school? Is that the end game goal? Because then it's an investment rather than, and uh, rather than an expense for, you know, childhood memories or teaching a kid teamwork, which, um, which is important, right? Your, your kids playing on teams are important because they learn how to do stuff, but this select shit is it, unless it's unless a business, are, man, it is an absolute, it is. They even did no, things. No, 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 no. That's not a business. That's a racket. I don't I, a, listen. I don't want to, I don't want to trash this organization. I, I, I'm not even going to name them, but I will say overall they're they've been around for a long time. They actually have a good reputation in the lacrosse circle. So it's not, it's not as though this is some shady brand new company or anything like that, but no, they do no, things. They do things like they bring in, for the tryouts, so it's, you know, just in my little podunk little town here, they bring in national coaches who are coaching at an NCAA level, and they talk to your kids about, you know, you're in the right organization now because in this organization, we train you to play for the NCAA and lacrosse, and we train you to get into these good schools. The problem is the moment that the, the sort of uh, tryout is over, those coaches get on the goddamn plane and they fly back to wherever they're from. And what yeah. you're left with is a couple of local coaches and some high school kids who are helping out. Like it is not those guys coaching your kids. Yeah, and they're paid to come in and do that. Do that. It's a dog and pony coach. show. Yes. Yeah. That yep. is exactly what they do. And, 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 and they are not wrong. Right. About, about training to get the scholarship, to get school paid for, through that they are selling a dream right is that is not terribly attain you and i saw this at our little school you know we had we had all kinds of kids on these sport teams that were sure they were going to get a full ride scholarship yep. to yep. duke playing basketball for our b school yep and that is that that is a dream that is being sold and um for what um for the bare bones price of 10 grand 
Yeah, um, it, 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 it's it's insane. It is one of those things where I feel awful. I felt awful, but we did. You guys know my son. He's pretty level-headed, and so I was able to just have a talk with him today while we were at the quote-unquote gym, which is my garage. While we were in there right. working out, I just talked it through with him, and I said, listen, not only can we do a lot of other things this summer if we have 10 grand floating around in our pockets that we don't have to spend on lacrosse, we can find other ways to, to have fun. We can find other ways to get you in like clinics here and there that are going to get you one-on-one -on -one training versus team training where you're going to get a little bit of play time at four tournaments for 10 grand. Like we can, we can find a way for, to stretch a, a couple hundred bucks and probably get you. Yeah, what it you doesn't would get mean no to everything. Half. It's just exactly. there's bigger bang right. for the buck out there. Right. So you have to look at it. So I, so. I, I assume he's not worthy. He's, he's, he's doing the work. He's putting in the time and he's, and he's good at what he does. It does not mean that that 10 grand does not mean that you're judging him in a way that, right. That, exactly yeah yeah there's no way that that's the case but um but yeah i think he and he is a level-headed kid so he would he would see the value in how you could spread that out you know right 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 or even right. half of that help put half of it into a fund and say hey this is yours for this is here here you go here's your here's your lacrosse well, yeah and what i said to him is i i actually showed him the the tuition for our local university here university of washington i showed him the yearly tuition i was like now imagine taking a 10 grand chunk out of that a dent putting a dent into that tuition cost like yeah you can use this for a lot of other things besides a month and a half summer league that's really not going to do much for you and steve to your point about it being an investment yes if we were we're not we are absolutely not pressuring him to hey we have to have this scholarship you got to get a scholarship in lacrosse there's no pressure like that and it's also not guaranteed even if he does this thing and we invest 10 grand doesn't yeah. mean he gets a scholarship immediately from it it is a risky investment in other words it is it, it there's so i'm glad you guys are with me on this one because it was one of those things where i felt pretty guilty about the whole thing but uh thankfully you're on my side yeah four hundred dollars Take take three grand to that and buy him a French horn, and then he can go wherever the hell he wants. That's yep. it. Can you yep. imagine a French horn lacrosse player? Steve, have you have you uh, have you shared your uh, weird horn uh, scholarship scheme? I don't scheme. I'm sorry. I don't mean to call it a scheme. I mean I, call it a scheme. I don't yeah. <laughs> have you have you shared this with the with the listeners? I don't know if I have, but um, but I maintain, and I don't think I'm wrong because it's been it, it's it has been um, confirmed back to me by those when when my son Zach was um, old enough to start band, um, he said I want to play the drums. I'm like, great, you will have the chance to play the drums because I'm a drummer. He. He, you'll have the chance to do that. You want to play guitar? You'll have the chance to do that. You're surrounded by lots of musician friends. Um, you are going to learn how to play those things. But we need you to pick, we need you to pick an instrument, preferably some kind of horn um, that is uh, that is just off of the cool standard list. So if you're, you're gravitating toward trumpet because of the solos, mm -mm. Uh, if you're gravitating toward the saxophone because it looks cool and, and John Cusack played it right. in better off head, no, no, no. We want you to play something just off center so that um, when it time when when you have practiced your little heart out all the way up to your junior senior year, 
um, you are able to go and audition for a school and they will pay you to go um, to the school and play that weird horn yeah. um, for them. And, and, then, and then before long, he's the new uh, Chuck Mangione. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Flugelhorn, um, Flugelhorn scholarship. But the, um, but that, so I put this horn in his hand, right? Um, and I said, Hey, you don't, you don't have to love it, but you, but you do have to practice. You do have to get good at it. You have to, you have to work at it and, um, and treat this like your job. This is your, um, after school job. You get really good at this. You, um, you know, you are going to pay for your, you know, for a, a piece, a portion yep. of your school. If you do this right, if you, if you stick with it and I'm not going to let you quit. So if you say yes, and you're going to say yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I did, I did. I put some pressure on him. I'm like, this is, this is your, this is your big team sport. This is your, um, this is you working together and learning how to play with, um, with other individuals. This is you um, practicing something that is tedious and hard and difficult and you're going to hate it. Um, and then you're going to get better. And, and then um, he's like, okay, all right. So we gave him a trombone, right? And trombone's just weird enough, right? But it's also good enough to play in like rock bands have them. Um, jazz yeah, bands. ska bands and yeah they're all over the place yeah they're, they're fantastic um but uh <laughs> i can't throw a rock without hitting a trombone player it's crazy oh yeah exactly exactly it it's it's been told to him by our bass player that the trombone player in every band is the nicest guy because they're the one you can get rid of <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so um so anyway we put that in his hand and and the next year we fly back to kansas to visit his old school and his um, uh, his super cool principal slash teachers there, and he greets me. Hey, Zach, what's going on? How's how's your new school? What are you up to? And Zach says, "Oh, I I play trombone now." And his principal said, "You know what? I played the trombone." And then he said the greatest thing he could have ever said to Zach. He said, "You know what? You stick with that." And you, you don't even have to be that good. You just play it. Um, you just play it all the way through and they'll pay you to go to school and play that because yep. that's what I did. That's I, the equivalent of those national guys come out selling the dream. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. It's a trombone you mean, dream. You mean I, I can know. be a principal in Kansas for yeah, real? I don't know how Ted Brown got a hold of this guy in Kansas, but, um, but he said they'll, they'll pay you. You go, you, you play your horn in college, you march in the band, you do whatever. And you teach other kids how to play the trombone. You have, you have your own job. You won't yeah, have to like, worry about girls getting in the way. It'll just be you and your trombone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Zach's eyes got really big. And I just, and afterwards I, I, I looked at him and I said, I don't, I don't know how to thank you. I don't, I don't know how to, I I don't have the words. <laughs> when you say his eyes got big, is it because of the tears that were filling up? No, no, no tears. Um, the, it, it, he he was just really. Um, he was just that was that was. He needed another adult that he looked up to rather than the guy that he lives with and has seen his underwear like way too much. Um, yeah. Tell him that the trombone is is the way to go. Well, to and, be honest with you, we've seen you in your underwear too much, also, and I think that's impacted the show a lot. So I can imagine Zach's point of view. Yeah. Well. 
uh, so there there you have it steve um, you and that, i we won't we won't mention his name but you and i have a friend a mutual friend who uh smoked a lot of weed and drank a lot of beer and and effed around with me all through high school and uh he's also a principal so tell zach that that guy means nothing it means yeah, yeah, it's, I, I'm not going to tell Tell that, him to that. start smoking weed and drinking beer, and he can do the same thing as playing that trombone. But and not in Kansas. The, 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 the bottom line was, like, if, if you play the weirder horn, like, you play right. a French horn, and you play it pretty well. It's not an easy instrument, but if you play it pretty well, you could probably go, you could probably go to most, most schools if you, if you show up. Um, a bassoon, you play a bassoon, you are going wherever you want. Yeah, anything in the last half of Peter and the Wolf film? Exactly. Yeah, you're basically yeah, full you're, ride. Yeah, any for anything from the duck on. You, yes, you, you can do full it. ride can, to can, the greatest land grant college is available to you. Can I ask a question? Sir, uh, I'm really asking this question. I don't know the answer, Steve. You'll probably know because you're a percussionist. Can you get in? Can you get a scholarship in a band? By just doing the two symbols, holding the two symbols and smashing those things together. Is that, is that, cause I know the bigger bands for the bigger schools have very unique roles and people playing very unique instruments. Can you get in just for doing the symbol thing? Well, you can get in for being a very good percussionist. Um, the thing about being a percussionist is you wouldn't just play the symbols. You'd play all the, you play the triangle, you play the, you know, slapstick you play you know all the all the yeah. bangy hitty things yeah. yeah exactly but like you'd be surprised at how hard it is to play the tambourine well right and you can get a percussionist scholarship um and you could get it because wow that dude knows how to hit there that lady knows how to hit the symbols together you know um that could very much be a a, a thing i just didn't but, know if it was a thing where like you 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 get in as a percussionist, as a more traditional drummer or drumline drummer, but it's almost like being on the football field where you might be the backup quarterback and the backup quarterback to the drummer is the guy who holds the cymbals and crashes them together while he's waiting to get caught. I, I kind of think the triangle guy is kind of the long snapper. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. So um, you have drummers and then you have percussionists and some percussionists are drummers but not all drummers are percussionists uh, because a lot of percussionists will play th things like vibes or, um, you know, the, um, you know, the xylophone or, you know, the bells or things that you're, you're right. Like reading notes and stuff like that. Drum music is different than, than music music. Do you guys um, remember what I said to you off air? I said, every time we do a great show, the next show, isn't that great? I feel like we're trending yeah. towards not great right now. And it's not yeah, your fault, Steven. It's not Tracy's fault. It's it. There is a collective weirdness around the show already, where it's just, it's not. I've already said an f bomb. I'm going to do this year. We started going into flugelhorns. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I apologize to the listeners. You sent this us is, on this I know, trajectory. I know. You, you specifically asked me for my weird horn theory. I know. And we. I, and I will. I will do that at the drop of a hat. We've you talked. Know. We've talked lacrosse. We've talked principles in Kansas. We've talked weird horns. We've talked deep into percussion like this has been a banger of a show already hey tracy what'd you do last week not really a lot I, yeah let's keep this going this is uh my kids were home all week because uh we're enjoying quarantine i won't get into that because that's that, that's for my own podcast <laughs> but uh uh the, the kids were home all week and so they they get done with school really fast and then they're 
they're playing like some some amalgam of like lacrosse soccer and rugby uh in the in the loft outside the bedroom so i'm in the middle of a presentation at work and they kicked a ball and like sent the router flying and i was knocked off the internet like i was gone in the middle of a presentation i'm sure you stayed nice and calm and had a frank conversation uh, like 1950s tv style where you sat the boys down where where you had you had your wife send send the boys into your study yeah you you <laughs> got you around with your smoking pipe yeah yeah got down on one knee uh so no. you could you could be at eye level with them and talk to them in a calm voice to explain exactly why uh, that's not acceptable there, behavior for me there is a tipping point when something gets so bad like if they were just making noise and right. they were like just completely like and I'd reminded them to be quiet or whatever and they just wouldn't, that might make me blow a cork. But when they had done this, this had like flipped over so much that I was like, just took a deep breath and I'm like, this is just, it's over. It has gone around the bend now. It's too terrible. This is one of those things where it's not just signaling a bad day. It's signaling a bad decade. Right. And so I'm like, I have soul searching to do. I look at myself in the mirror, splash some cold water on my face, do a little recollection on just the number of parenting choices that have gone wrong. Cause I'm, I'm reaping a decade of nonsense and this is my fault. It's just one <laughs> little blip on their radar for me. It's just all part of a terrible life. And so that, and while staring into the, the mirror, you decided which one of the three needed to die. Well, I did pretty to make early an example. on in the stage, but uh, I, after calming down, I was able to settle on one. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. You got to make an example. Uh, so, in all seriousness, did you did you have a talk with them, or was it one of those things where it was undeniably so loud and and uh oh, we're in trouble that things got really quiet and they just slunk away? Or was well, they it... were trying to fix it. They knew ah. exactly what had happened, and they went to work fixing it. And then it was just a matter of like waiting for it to come back, and it was you know so they were all they were all fine about it we did talk about it afterwards just saying like you know if you were just a little bit more careful but i yeah. i don't even know what to do it's not their fault that i'm working from home it's not their fault that they are home from school either it's not an ideal situation nobody wants this it's not their fault that they were born to the, these parents sure <laughs> So, I mean, we just look around. So, you know, I went a little existential there. I'm just laughing because of these parents. You're one of them and you're like these parents. Yeah, you're just these. Yeah, these parents. I'm just I'm kind of pointing in the direction of my, you know, my my wife as well. Like, hey, her not not your fault. (laughs) All right. So just to recap, we got uh, we got lacrosse. We got principals in Kansas. We got weird horns. We got percussions. We got team meetings and working from home. We got childcare. Steve, bring it home. What do you got? What'd you do last week? So, I uh, I don't I don't know if you two um, do a bunch of this. I'm sure you probably do. Um, I have. This has been woefully missing from my life uh, for a long time. I got back into volunteering. So yeah, yeah, and, and I was really excited to. Um, so I started volunteering at this, uh, at this, uh, local food bank area. And when I went there the first week, first of all, I had to go through an orientation and the orientation was 90 minutes and it was, it, it was a lot of very good information. But when I went to my first shift that I signed up for, um, 
I, uh, I told them, I said, look, um, give me, uh, they, they had a lot of different jobs there. And the guy welcomed me in. He, he said, you know, well, you know what, what would you like to do? Would you like to work on the line? Would you work over here? I said, give me the job that nobody wants. Give me the job that, um, that everybody uh, doesn't like. And let me do, let me do that job and, and check it out. And, and he said, I need you to make boxes. Like, like he didn't even hesitate. He just said, I need you to make boxes. So I'm like, all right, I'll go make boxes. So, um, he sent me over to this, this table and there's a ton of these new boxes that are just waiting to be folded up and taped. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do this all day long. And then they go to a line and then those boxes get filled with food and then they get put on a pallet and yep. sent. This um, so I just, I just dig in and the guy comes over after about an hour and he's like, Hey, I really appreciate that. Are, are you, you know, are you about done? I'm like, no, this is great. I'm, I'm totally happy doing this. And I, I just kept, I just kept doing, it. I was totally in my, my Zen and yep. I did it for like three hours. And the guy came back and said, I, I can't believe you did that that long. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this so much. And I'm like, I'm like, this, this was, this was nothing. This was like, I'm totally pumped. So I was stoked that I got to make these boxes and do, and do be part of this um, thing. And uh, it's like, it's, it's sort of like Forrest Gump when all he had to do was run. That was all he oh, had to yeah. do. It yeah. Was, it was nice to just let my fold in, in, fold tape, in, in, fold tape. You know, it was like really, it was super simple. Were, were you stacking them like in this alternating thing to? Yeah, I was. I was stacking them and then I was pushing them um, over to the line and making sure they had enough and I was keeping up. And, uh, and it wasn't easy because they were, they were, were they, were they all talking like, Hey, who's the new box guy? We've never <laughs> been in boxes quite like this. Yeah, that, we're like that, lousy with boxes. That box yeah. guy is hot. It wasn't like that at all. I bet um, he plays the French horn. So I did that. And then the next week I went back and I heard he used to be a principal in Kansas. <laughs> now the, he's making boxes for us. The the coordinator guy remembered me. He said, he said, Hey, you're back. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And, and, and uh, he said, do you want to do boxes again? And this other guy said, Hey, I'd kind of like to do boxes. And I, and I'm like, all right you go, go to it. Like I was totally ready to do another three hours of boxes. And, um, they asked me to do, um, restocking of the line. The line is what they take. They, they take everything and they put, they put into the boxes. You mean, is it just bags of Cheetos or something? What is it? No, it's, it's not bags of Cheetos. It's, um, it's like, uh, canned, um, uh, canned Cheetos. That's what I figured it's canned fruit and vegetables and, and, um, and some canned meat and some rice and, and it's all really good prepackaged food. I I'm uh, smiling, but I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. I am going to lose it. We are now going through the contents of a box from a food bank. <laughs> it was, it was so anyway. Um, but I was like, they had me hopping. I, that whole three hours I was, trying to stay you remember the i love lucy episode where the the um the chocolates keep coming yes yes it, it was very much like that i had to keep the line stocked and and it was it was a challenge i have box knives and i'm opening do they I'm, yell at you if you, you if the chocolates are going off the belt and they're falling do they yell at you 
No, but I did joke to um, this uh, one person that was filling um, the box. I said, hey, can I get some negative reinforcement? Like, could somebody yell stuff at me like I'm going too slow or whatever? And I think it just make me feel like I'm, you know, like I'm doing like I'm doing something even more. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, that's what happened to the Curious George book, too. He does. Nope, 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 nope. We're <laughs> nope. We're going. We're going to. Anyway, it was it was really, really great. Um, I do recommend uh, uh, volunteering if you get a chance. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm not volunteering anytime. Yeah, soon. Me neither. Yeah, not it, was, it was it was great. I think you should come with me. I think we should all go. Involved. In fact, I'm going to sign this all up. All three of us are going to show up. Yeah, it's, it's not happening. But uh, so, actually, you know what? Sign me up next week. I can. I've got openings next next week. So if you sign me up, I will be there. I don't want to be box guy. You're going to do it. You're going to need to do a 90 minute. Uh, uh, yeah, so this is the other thing I was going to say, too, is I, we have as a society, we've gotten way too up our own asses when it comes to training for things that don't need training, don't need that much training. 90 minutes. You said there was good information. Probably. I don't know. But I, I think of like when you now you used to be able to go to like a pound or in a, a pet adoption place, walk in and say, I want that one. And you sign a paper and you take the dog and you walk, or you take the cat, you take the lizard, you take whatever it is, you walk out the door. Now it's, well, we'd like to get a little, to know a little bit about you. What we're going to do is we're going to send somebody out to your house for an, an hour long evaluation. And they're going to kind of go through and, and oh. we, we'd, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> we'd like to know if you have any other animals so that this animal can meet your other animals. And I'm like, this animal is in a pound or a shelter or whatever it is. This animal is not, this animal will be fine. This animal will be better at my house than it is here. And Steve, I know you're going to, I can already see it building a new, you've already got a yeah, but built up and you're going to say, no, no. A lot of times the shelters are way better for the animals than the homes are. I get it. What I'm saying is I don't need to go through three days of adopting a, a stray dog off the street when in reality i'm just going to bring it home and give it dog food and it's going to sleep on my bed and become a member yeah. of the family like th we've gone way too far in the other direction in terms of training and getting prepared for these mundane things that should not take this long i feel like a food bank should be about 10 minutes of you know what somebody makes the boxes over there somebody puts food in over here somebody tapes it up over there somebody puts the label on over there and it goes out the door over there you guys ready don't talk I think to so. her she's very grumpy yeah. in the bathrooms yeah. right in the hallway there well, see that's the thing that's how that's how every single one of those things starts. And then somebody does something that ruins it for everybody. And then they have to talk about it. To, and so it's not, it's not their fault that people are terrible. People made this happen. Not the, not the place, but like the, the orientation needed to be that long because somebody did do this terrible thing that you'd think that nobody would do because they were, but they need to tell people now. And, and the thing about the dogs sitting, somebody was terrible. And now, no, because if it's something that nobody would do and it just happened one off, you don't have to talk about it forever, but, but it happened enough. It happened enough for it to happen to, to, to warrant uh, a change in policy. It's uh, that I'm in the yes. And not the yeah, but on this one. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, we're going to take a quick break after that rousing segment that we just had. I'm so sorry, everybody. This is all we have, though. This is our life. I mean, this is we're, we're an open book, and sometimes that book is a bunch of blank pages. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on The Dave and Steve Show. 
Everybody knows you get the best deal at Larry's. If you're looking for great value and a good steak, Larry's is the place. We got new inventory coming in on Monday, so all these steak dinners have to go. I don't have room for all these steaks on the showroom floor, so we're pricing them to move, move, move. I got a T-bone here with optional potatoes and asparagus. Don't like asparagus? We got the same steak with broccoli or corn for the same price. Mention this ad and we'll undercoat it with A1 sauce for nothing. That's right, nothing. Corporate sent us a big truck full of lobster by mistake. Send it back? Hell no! Our loss is your gain. Get a butter-dipped Australian lobster tail for just $13.99. That's right, $13.99! At Larry's, you don't need to be a big spender. We have burgers and sandwiches for the economy class. No down payment, no credit? Who cares? It's just freaking dinner. We are the last food dealership in town that will take your third-party checks. Got other food at your house? We'll give you a top dollar for your trade. Come see us right now at Larry's New and Used Steaks at the end of Auto Row in Auburn. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black. The Anabaptist movement stands among the four original 16th century European groups that formed the Protestant Reformation. In the United States and Canada, we know many of those who descended from this tradition as Mennonites, brethren, friends, and Amish. The Amish are perhaps the most well-known for their outward lifestyle, which emphasizes the heavenly virtues of simple living and hard work. Different communities of Amish observe varying practices, which to some degree forbids the use of modern machinery, as it is seen as offering too much free time. In many areas of Pennsylvania and Indiana, you may see different Amish communities using horse and buggies for transportation, which enable them to carry their large payloads of homemade peppercorn ranch salad dressing. This has been Tracy's It's Not My Fault Lighthouse Quit Making My Favorite Salad Dressing minute i did i actually had a a listener say to me hey that show last week was really funny and i said thank you and they said when you said that line about tracy becoming amish i lost it and i (laughs) i said like if you only knew tracy you'd realize how close to the pin that actually was that statement actually was it was not that far off hey uh i wanted to i wanted to talk to you guys this is something we talked about off air tracy and i talked about this last week And I wanted to bring this up because I just think it's really cool. I will begin by saying this is not in any way, shape, or form a paid endorsement. So everybody buckle up because we're going to talk about a a service that that I found. But I promise they are not paying us a dime. They don't even know we exist. So this is something called the Conqueror Challenges. And you can look this up online. Uh, Effectively, what it is is you can either bike or you can run or you can walk. And you can do it at your own pace. But you basically sign up for... It's like 30 bucks. You sign up for 30 bucks. To, and they've got probably 20 different races that you can choose from. And these races are at real-world locations. So a, a great example for everybody here in the States, since most of our listeners are stateside, is you literally run Route 66. It's like 2,000 miles. And you can either bike it or you can run it. You set yeah, how from much... From Chicago to LA. Right. Now, some of these, some of them are not that long. Some of them are, not, some of them are like 20 miles. So you, it runs the gamut of how long they are. And they're all around the world. There's some in Athens. You can run the pyramids, like all sorts of different things. So you set your time. You set the pace you want to run it at. And you can literally say, it's 20 miles. I want to do this in two years. That's fine. You set what pace you want. And then you, you give them the 30 bucks. When you complete the race, they send you a medal. 
And on top of that, the app that comes with it is actually really cool. So it tracks your course along a map of the real course. So it's a, a real world map that they've taken. You get little pins that go along the way. And as you hit certain milestones, two things happen. Certain milestones trigger a postcard. They, not an actual physical postcard. They just send you a digital postcard. And the postcard has historical facts. So you run it on the Great Wall of China. You hit a certain tower and it sends you a little email saying, here's your postcard. And it gives you a fact about the tower that you've just reached, just as an example. At other milestones, when you sign up for a race, you pick, do I want to plant trees or do I want to remove bottles from the ocean? And every time you hit a milestone, 20, 40, 60, or 80, or 100, they either plant a tree in your name or they mm -hmm. remove X number of bottles from the ocean in your name. And right. so you not only are you sort of contributing to the environment, but you're also it for me, it is I told the guys off air, it has heavily motivated me to run. I have run an insane amount of miles just in the couple of weeks that I've had this thing. And when I say insane, I forget what I told you guys. I showed it to you. I think it was like 151 miles or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was it was really impressive. It, it, it was 171, wasn't sure. it? Don't sell yourself short. Well, here, I just I I will pull it up, but I think you're probably right. Yeah, 171.5 is what I've run in just a little over 2 weeks. And so it is, uh, it is, it's pretty incredible. We'll link it in the description for the show, but I think it's also uh, Conquer, let's see, Conquer, let me find the website and I'll just say, it's Conquer, The Conqueror, so C-O-N-Q-U-E-R-O-R dot events. It's legit. I got my first medal in the mail for a short race because I wanted to see what the quality of the medals were like. I showed the guys on the camera before we started the show. Quality is nice. really good. They're solid, heavy metals. Heavy metals. Uh, it's it's great. So if you're if you're motivated by that kind of thing, and that's what's great about it is, you can see other people running the race, so that might motivate you if you're competitive. You can get a little tchotchke at the end if that's what motivates you because you want your little achievement that you can hang on the wall. That's what I personally like. If you like planting the trees, there's that aspect to it. Or if you just like getting historical facts about areas around the world as you mm -hmm. sort of navigate through them in real time, there's also that side of things. So it's it's just this, it's a well thought out, really cool app. And if, you know, we're still in January, if you made the New Year's resolution that you want to get in shape, this might be the thing to motivate you. So go check it yeah, out. Yeah, it's not just running either. There's It's walking and bicycling and <laughs> yep. all that. So I'm definitely going to be putting some miles on the bicycle toward this too. Um as soon as the weather warms up, and, and I'm totally going to yep. be doing this. And if you oh, go ahead. Um, when you do this, are you seeing video of the progress? No, no, it's nothing like that. It's more of like a just a think of like a you know a top down like a Google Map effectively, with a, the course plotted out along the same course wherever it is in the world, and then little pins that show sort of show your progress along the way. I wonder if I could swim it. You know, I don't. So the, I think you can. And I, this is there was an English channel one. With my if they integrate with my watch, I might be able to do that. It'd be really fun to swim the Gobi Desert. So I just wanted to see. Yeah, you can do swimming, Steve. There's swimming, rowing, elliptical skiing, wheelchair, other. You can literally because you can also manually put in your you can say like I swam five miles. You can manually enter that if it doesn't track you. And it will still count towards your goal because it, it at the end of the day, this is most people aren't going to sign up for a service like this, fake the shit out of it just to get their little medal and move yeah. on. Like that's not a that's not a, that's not a winning game. So right, right. I, if I you think could customize it. I do like five miles in a wheelchair. 
five yeah. miles bicycling yeah. and then have a tree thrown in the ocean. Sure. Yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out again. I know there's a lot of people trying to get back into shape in the new year and with COVID and all that kind of stuff. It, I mean, it, I'm shocked at how much I've been able to accomplish just because of some dumb little metal that shows up in the mail. And when I say dumb little metal, they're not dumb. Go look at the website. They're actually interactive. They have little things that spin on them and turn and do all sorts of things. Yeah, if and you... they actually kind of show them off with some uh, right. gifts yep. there. And they're they're actually kind of fascinating. And there's some of them that I would definitely would love to they're, have. They're so, really cool. They're sure. very well designed. And they actually just released a new metal and race today. So they're constantly updating it. It's it's worth it. So check that out. Uh, in the meantime, the thing I want to check out. Nobody's going to say it. You're going to make me say it. I, I was, I, I thought it was either going to be hang time here or, or you had. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the the yeah. thing I want to hear. Let's try it again. Thing I want to hear is. What's that? Tracy's headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story, a woman in Michigan checked her spam email folder and found out that she had won a $3 million prize. I saw an ad on Facebook that said the Mega Millions jackpot was getting pretty high, so I got on my account and bought a ticket. Laura Spears, 55. Uh, and from Oakland County, said in a release uh, from the Michigan Lottery. A few days later, I was looking for a missing email from someone, so I took my spam folder and saw that I saw an email from the lottery saying that I had won a prize, and I couldn't believe what I was reading. So I logged into my lottery account and uh, to confirm, and uh, it was also shocking to see that I had really won $3 million. Okay. I This is... Can you buy lottery tickets online now? Apparently, is that what is that what I'm seeing? I I don't even lottery, know. I mean, at least in Michigan, it looks like you can find yeah. out if you were the winner. That is well. It sounds like she had a lottery account and that she had purchased a ticket online. So. Okay. I need I need to figure this out because this could be a game changer. Steve's I don't need to starting to, to Steve's starting to get the itch already. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be buying I'm gonna be buying one of them so, lottery tickets so, right now. So the yeah, states, think of all the furniture you could rent with the winnings. The states Ooh. that sell Powerball tickets online are Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Michigan, New Hampshire, North Carolina, North Dakota, and Pennsylvania. Sorry, Steve. How about uh, that? That's fine. I feel so like Spears, that's a little fact, too risky. Won one million dollars on her original ticket, but had paid another one dollar to add a mega plier. Again, but the Michigan Lottery said can multiply prize winnings up to five times. Steve, I've, yeah, go ahead. I've I've won a I've won a mega mega plier um, thing just because I had an extra dollar left over and I didn't want to buy some stupid scratch off ticket that was only going to win a thousand dollars, so I put I put the mega plier on this thing and and instead of winning twenty dollars I won like eighty dollars or something like that it was it was pretty great it was one of the best days of my life let's go I, ahead well I was just gonna say I feel like you know they it's like they say like everybody's got a vice. Like, or vices, but I mean, everybody's got a vice. Steve doesn't drink. Steve doesn't smoke. Steve is a very intelligent human being. Steve is not the person I would peg as a lottery and or lotto player or a scratch ticket player. But as long as I've known him, he he does it all. 
He rolls the I'll, dice on all of them. I'll buy, a, I'll buy a lottery ticket here and there. Um, most, they, they have to be bigger prizes. I, I have very specific lottery plans. Um, Involving like, a French horn. Like ready to go. Um, oh, I'm going to buy French horns for all the kids that want to play French horn. You want What's play the most you've ever won? Horn, a French horn. Uh, probably 120 bucks. See, my, my my dad won Kino one time, and he won like eight thousand uh dollars. Huh. And my father in law won Lucky for Life. I was so just, he had like I, that's $1, what I was just gonna bring up. Yeah. For the rest of his life, and uh, I just know that that kind of luck skipped a generation. I don't have that in me. <laughs> so, well, so break down the Lucky for Life, Tracy. Sorry, because you said he he got a thousand dollars for the rest of his life. And no, thousand dollars a week. Sorry, okay. for the rest of his life. Okay. And uh, if I got that, my life would be like two months. I'd just die. That's how my yeah. luck would work. Yeah. Like, hey, you're lucky for life, and you're dead. And, so, and not to get morbid, but can't you transfer that one time? Isn't there like a one-time transfer? Or I is think that... so. I okay. think it can be transferred. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, But uh, he basically, it's. I think it's one of those lottery winnings that probably keeps you working. And yeah. Uh, yeah. definitely, you're not retiring on it, but it's yeah. uh, definitely just enough to be a sweet little slush fund. For sure. And and let me tell you this. If I ever won the Lucky for Life and I was able to transfer it one time, I would transfer it to a baby just so I could milk the government for every dime that I could. I'd find the youngest, like a newborn. I'd go to the newborn ward and say, I want to transfer it to that newborn baby right there. And I would just let that baby live out its days making $1,000 a week. And it would most likely on that thousand dollars a week stay a baby forever because that's how science works. Back to you. <laughs> I don't know how that. I don't think you can transfer it to to somebody that's under eighteen. <laughs> Here, I better agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> hey Steve, have you ever won uh, Lucky for Life? Then shut the hell up. Okay, yeah. you don't know. Yeah, totally. Here, second story: a trial of an Alabama man who allegedly kept a squirrel supplied with methamphetamines to make it attack people has been delayed. <laughs> Mickey Joel Polk's trial was scheduled to start Monday, but it was continued until February 28th. According to court documents, Polk faces charges of possession of a wild animal, stolen property, and possession of a weapon by a felon. He was arrested in, uh, first arrested in 2019. According to the documents, Polk was indicted back in uh, June of 2021 of the chemical endangerment charge uh, and then drug trafficking, uh, a manhunt ensued. Uh, but uh, in his uh, his resident also found a, uh, a cage, cage squirrel uh, for authorities acted on such a warrant. They were told that Polk had been feeding methamphetamines to the animal to keep it aggressive so it would attack people. Sheriff's office said it released the squirrel into a nearby wooded area. <laughs> Mickey Joe Polk is the perfect name for a man feeding a squirrel methamphetamines. That is, you could not write a better screen name than that for the guy feeding methamphetamines. And also, poor squirrel, because now that squirrel's going to have the shits and everything, going through withdrawals, it's going to have the chills, the night sweats, all that. It that have to sit through those 12-step meetings and... <laughs> And have to have to talk eventually, and then uh, and is gonna his sponsor's probably a raccoon that that <laughs> ate like heroin or something. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of challenges ahead for the squirrel. There's no safe way to test the squirrel for meth, said the county sheriff Mike Blakely. 
Uh, so they just uh, let it tiny go. Tiny little the woods. cup that you make a pee in, just really tiny cup. Yeah, that squirrel's been up in my tree, staring at me and brushing his teeth for forty-five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> have you guys? This is squirrel related, and and we don't have to stay on this for a long time. Have you guys seen that YouTube video? The guy who makes the backyard uh, yes. obstacle course for the squirrels. The like yeah. super intricate back and they keep getting past every single obstacle and it keeps adding. It's, it's amazing. Like I loved watching that because it shows you how resilient a squirrel is when it comes to getting nuts or meth. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> you've been in lockdown for two years. We've seen all the content. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. But it's, a, it's, it was quite amazing that they, he, he had the, uh, the fat squirrel until he had noticed that he had what's called fat Gus. Yeah. And then he discovered that uh, Gus had, had nipples. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Gus was actually, uh, was uh, with great with uh, Gus was babies. For 16. Hey, you guys seen that dancing baby? That's something else. Yeah, pretty good stuff. <laughs> hey, uh, third story of Michigan School District denies rumors that it put litter boxes in bathrooms for students who identify as furries. Midland Public Schools released a statement last week after a community member claimed in December that the school board meeting uh, that there were litter boxes in the bathroom. Now, for those uninitiated, the Oxford uh, English Dictionary says that uh, an, a furry is an enthusiast for animal characters with human characteristics, in particular, a person who dresses up in costume as such a character or one who uses one as an avatar online. No, I'm not. I'm not looking to offend. I'm really not. If you want to be a, a furry, you be a furry. You do you. I don't. I really don't care. I'm asking a question. Don't you think if you were a furry, like you wouldn't see the litter box as as a negative. You wouldn't see that as a slight. I think you'd probably. Well, I don't say. I think you'd probably. I think there would be some in the furry community that would would be okay with it. I think that it's part of the 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 deal, right? You think or you don't think. You act as much like. A furry as you can i don't know that they would necessarily ha have a problem with it i might have a problem walking into a bathroom and seeing a guy in a raccoon costume shitting in the corner in a litter box but i, I don't know that that he would <laughs> yeah i'd i'd stop using that bathroom <laughs> pretty fast steve where you stand on litter boxes for humans i uh i i don't this is in a statement. The school district said there's no truth whatsoever to this false statement slash accusation. There has never been litter boxes within the Midland public schools. It is such a source of disappointment that I felt the necessity to communicate this message to you. So apparently they encouraged uh, the public to say, when you hear wild accusations to please contact the superintendent's office uh, directly. So, so really, um, if there weren't any litter boxes, it was probably just something that was used to shame somebody that, right? You think? I, I think it's an amazing thing to make somebody like have to say that there isn't anything. Right. Cause that really just puts you on the defensive and the, the types of wild claims that you can make to make somebody say, well, no, I'm not doing that. And they're like, well, that's the kind of thing someone would say if they were doing that, wouldn't <laughs> yeah, they? Exactly. I think I've told you guys, but we uh, we were down in Seattle once. My wife and I got away for the weekend and just got a hotel in downtown Seattle and hadn't looked at the calendar of events for the city or anything. And this was all pre-COVID. Pre and 
as we were getting into town down Seattle, there's always traffic, but the traffic was extra tough around the hotel and hotel slash convention center. And then we're parked at a light and we're both oblivious because we're just, you know, we're off heading out to our romantic weekend, not a care in the world, not really paying attention to anything. We stop at a stoplight and I look over to one side of the crosswalk and there's Spider-Man just standing in full costume. And when you're in a big city, you just think, oh, it's one of those dressed up superheroes that takes the pictures with everybody and asks for money. Then I look across the street on the other side and there's a full decked out, full costume, My Little Pony standing on the other side standing next to the three Teletubbies. And that's when I was like, I I mean, maybe these are all together, like working a corner of the street, but this seems weird. Maybe there's a convention. And then we pulled into the hotel and we went into the lobby and I'll be damned if there wasn't, I mean, pick your SpongeBob, whatever, like every single cartoon character you can imagine and what we had actually landed on was the perfect storm of one convention up the street was doing some kind of comic con and the other convention on the not too far i almost said on the other side of town it wasn't it was it was within you know just a couple blocks walking distance for sure was a furry convention so every time we got on the elevator it was like Willy Wonka had had diarrhea in the elevator with all of the different creatures that were standing in there and some of them were singing and it always Steve you would have hated it because a lot of times you'd get on they smelled like bubble gum or some other weird random they find these scents everywhere and so we just wound up locking ourselves in the hotel room and never coming out because we did not want to deal with all of the 20 year olds dressed in the only I have relatives I'll say this I have relatives who are LARPers so I will and, and, and I love them dearly they're great people I would rather stay at a LARPers convention than stay at that thing that we stayed at. And a LARPers convention, I think I would probably I would probably kill myself on day two. So that's how badly we hated being around all of this shit that was going on because it was just <laughs> every elevator that I got on, I had feathers in my face or scales or wings or something in my face. And like the, the, <laughs> the weird smells, good and bad, that emanated from that thing. It was, we learned the lesson to always check the events calendar for a city before we book a hotel. And that's the other time we made the mistake. The only other time we made a similar mistake was when we stayed in Disneyland. We did not pay attention to Disneyland's calendar of events at all. And we stayed right at the, one of the Disneyland hotels right there at the park. And at four 30 in the morning, all right, racers get ready. It's the 50 and older category. Pistol fire. Everybody cheering run you can hear all the people running everything would die down about a half an hour later <laughs> all right everybody it's the seniors race get ready <laughs> and this went on it went on three of the five mornings we were at this hotel starting at 4 30 every morning because they run these marathons for all these different groups of people through the park before the park opens they got to get them in and out before the park opens and so that was the same thing like we have now learned no matter where we go we make sure there's no other shit going on that weekend wherever we're headed because you can walk into that stuff and just get screwed. Yeah, I'd say we were at Whistler one time and there was a kind of a like a big yoga convention going yeah. on there. And that was like um that was it actually kind of made the sort of the whole atmosphere of the whole place kind of down a little bit cuz you cuz you're interacting just with people that are just like, you know, trying to find, you know, just peace and I'm just like 
you know and they're like hey you here for the yoga thing and i'm like nope no no i'm not <laughs> not <But> no I... <laughs> but nope yeah. nope means no but without the regret <laughs> nope just, but i do like nope. your pants yeah <laughs> and uh you're a striking gentleman in those yoga pants <laughs> steve have you ever hit a hotel I feel like you have had to have had like a like an Oregon coast or something like that where you got screwed trying to stay at a hotel or or anything like that. Have you ever hit one of those? Um, so I was at a I was at a convention for work and in Las Vegas, and it was very confusing because I walked in and um and I and I immediately was struck by wow, Vegas has really gone um like like super scantily clad like everybody there was wearing like thong and like latex bands around them and i'm like what the hell like uh i i was just i was in pretty much what you see me in now um and which is a pleather jumpsuit by the way exactly i was very it was very confusing for me and Okay, hang on. I, I'm sorry. To, I really am sorry to interrupt, but now you've called attention to what you're wearing. What the hell is the black strap around your neck? Oh, I, I'm, I'm wearing my... Uh, you apron. have an apron on for the podcast. I made, I made dinner. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I love, I love this apron. So anyway, I, uh, I was at this thing. People are dressed very, very, um, you know... <laughs> I, I don't... I keep say, wanting to say scantily. Yeah. Uh, they just they're they're dressed in like you know bikini tops and little tiny you know sorry it's it's provocative yeah very very provocatively and and like lots of glitter lots of flash hair and stuff i'm like this is this is this what going out in vegas is now like i yeah. is this what this is because it was literally everywhere to be fair and, they were probably like what the hell's with the guy in the apron yeah yeah <laughs> there was a little of that um but i'm walk i'm walking through this and i'm and it was it was several hours before I realized that I was staying at a hotel that also had a uh, a rave convention. So oh, all, okay. There, they were all there for doing uh, doing a bunch of raves, and everybody there they were all doing like twenty four hour raves everywhere. I thought you were going to say it was like the Adult Film Awards, the AVN thing, or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I it, probably I, close. I, it wasn't that it was it was definitely a rave convention but it was i was like what the hell is this what it's like to be out in vegas i vegas has changed a lot yeah (laughs) so yeah it's a lot different than the rat pack days they they really they they really aren't gonna go for that family angle like they tried yeah exactly yeah Back to you, story, settling right. into a new home can be tough for anyone so scientists have come up with some tricks to make transplanted burrowing owls feel like they are not alone in their new digs playing owls sounds and scattering fake poop owls grasslands homes are often prime real estate and they've been losing ground to development in fast-growing regions like silicon valley biologists biologists have tried moving the owls to protected grasslands but the challenges have been getting the owls to accept their new homes they like to be in a neighborhood where they live near other owls said a conservation biologist at the San Diego Zoo and Wildlife Alliance, which launched the experiment. The scientists played recordings of owls called before and after the new arrivals uh, were released at four locations. And uh, they used a syringe to squirt around 
fake owl poop, which was in reality simply white paint. So that job would be would be would be really great. Like I would, I, I think it'd be really great to to walk around all day squirting fake owl poop and then come home. Hey, what'd you do? Oh, I was in all these, you know, I was in all these computer meetings and data production meetings and all these meetings. What did you do? I uh, spent the day uh, covering the community with um, with fake owl poop. How stupid are owls, though? That uh, they that they're like feel at home around fake poop that and how do they not know it's paint i mean if my kids like rub nutella all over the kitchen i wouldn't be like ah oh, doggone it you guys why is it why is it why is it gotta be paint like why does that feel like totally permanent it's yeah, all over yeah and just making it look like poop everywhere it's it seems like a. it's not very well thought out i just i I de- I listen. Put in the effort for an owl. If the owl's not going to take to the new location, then f the owl. That's where I'm at. Back to you, Tracy. <laughs> Dave's tired. Yeah, right. I'm tired Dave. of owls. I'll tell you that right now. I'm I'm sick and tired of owl- those owls and their fake shit. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. Another. This is another opportunity for Tracy Green does exotic birds to shine. <laughs> Like I think, it really is. This uh, look, we should, I'm an owl. Uh, we'll send them, we'll send them the uh, fire-faced French owl, um, <laughs> and see if that's something that they can use to help the the owls feel more at home in their new surroundings. I think it's I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, look, I'm an owl, and that's the news, fellas. All right. I feel like we failed. I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like just I, make sure the. The, the bleeps are nice and long. Yeah, I feel like maybe this, I, I thought, I, I had hope that this would break our streak of following a good show with a mediocre show. I thought this would be the one. This was not the one. But the good now, news in, is. In football, this would, be, would have been called a trap game, right? Where yeah. you, you, you win the big game on Monday night, and then you're yep. playing the Jacksonville Jaguars or Detroit Lions on the following uh, yep. Sunday, and you're at home and the weather's great and, and you just you lose 27 to 6 yeah exactly exactly we yeah. did that uh but the good news is i don't have to deal with this next week i don't have to now try to follow up this show with something next week because i'm going to be gone and right. steve and tracy are going to record a show on their own and those are always entertaining not really but i had to say that <laughs> uh, those are always really good and uh you'll hear some is croc- there a way we can get a report from you from moab find out uh, how it's going and uh... yeah potentially the only the only reason i even hesitate is because wednesday oh no we record the shows on thursday so maybe maybe if if one of you texts me to remind me on thursday evening i'll at least try to to join in for a moment from my laptop and say hi okay what is that noise that sounded like a ufo flying by sorry that's just a loud car outside my window all right so next week steve and tracy holding down the fort uh, until then, Steve, anything else from you? Nothing good. Tracy, how about you? Not Nothing yet. All right. For Steve, for Tracy, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show.